Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Well, this is Dr. Grande. I've covered this case a few times before, so I'll only go through a brief background, then I'll move to my analysis. Jussie Smollett is an actor and singer who became marginally popular when he was cast on the TV series Empire. In January of 2019, he staged a hoax, claiming that he was attacked by two white men at 2 a.m., on a street in Chicago near his residence. He said that the attackers insulted him with racial and homophobic slurs before physically striking him several times. They poured a chemical on him and then put a rope around his neck. Before they left, they decided to spell out their intent like a James Bond villain who unnecessarily explains his master plan for world destruction. The attackers made a reference to the phrase, make America great again, by saying this is MAGA country, this, of course, was Donald Trump's campaign slogan. Jesse bravely fought off both loquacious attackers and reported the attack to the police. During the investigation, the police found that two brothers who immigrated from Nigeria had entered into a conspiracy with Jesse to stage the crime. Jesse had actually paid them to participate in the fake attack. Jesse was arrested in February of 2019, but then through some unusual circumstances, the case was dropped and the record was sealed. In February of 2020, Jussie was indicted on six counts of disorderly conduct stemming from four false reports he made to the police. He was convicted on December 9, 2021, on five of the six charges. In March of 2022, he was sentenced to 150 days in jail and 30 months of felony probation. He was also fined $25,000 and ordered to pay over $120,000 in restitution to the city of Chicago. During the sentencing hearing, Jesse was given an opportunity to make a statement, but he declined. After the judge sentenced him, Jesse decided it was time to say a few words. He said, If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years and the fears of the LGBT community. I'm not sure he used the right idiom there. I think he meant shaking his fist, but who knows? Either way, he continued, quote, Your Honor, I respect you and I respect the jury, but I did not do this, and I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself, and you must all know that, unquote. After this, as law enforcement officers were leading Jussie from the courtroom, he decided that he wanted to add, more to his little speech, saying, quote, I am innocent. I could have said I am guilty a long time ago, unquote. He also repeated the phrase he said earlier, I am not suicidal, several times. Now moving to my analysis. 
In a prior video, I talked about how many of Jussie's characteristics appear to align with the construct of a victim narcissist. This is a particular expression of narcissism characterized by a strong desire for attention as a victim. A victim narcissist has a sense of entitlement. They are self-centered, grandiose, manipulative, arrogant, resentful, and vindictive. Jussie's behavior at his sentencing continues to make him look like a victim narcissist. Nothing has really changed in that regard. Instead of admitting what he did, he continues to claim that he is a victim. He is just adding to the list of reasons he is a victim. At first, it was this imaginary attack by two men. Then it became how he was maliciously prosecuted and convicted. And now, it is his sentence that is unfair. Every negative consequence for Jussie plays into his plan. Everything makes him more of a victim. He will not accept responsibility. In addition, he implied that he is so important that the prison guards are going to allow him to be murdered or kill him themselves, then stage the scene to make it seem like he did it to himself. I find this interesting that he is worried about the prison guards creating a hoax. I thought that was his job, not theirs. I'm not sure that Jussie really needs to worry about being harmed in prison, considering he'll be in solitary confinement but he is in some danger from that lethal level of irony he created. The question here regarding Jussie's sentence becomes, how should society treat a victim narcissist who stages a hoax for attention? There are strong feelings on both sides of this issue. Looking at those who think Jussie should be in jail, like he did get the right sentence, we see a few points. Jussie's hoax was beyond the typical victim narcissist behavior, Therefore, a jail sentence is warranted. Most bids for sympathy from victim narcissists come in the form of relatively small events or offenses. Jussie took his hoax much more seriously. He planned it carefully for some time and even paid conspirators to help him. Jussie also planned the hoax in a way that denigrated serious issues, like racism. This makes his crime particularly heinous. Now looking at the points from the perspective of those who believe Jussie should be released from jail, they argue that Jussie is in danger in jail and that his career has been totally annihilated. That should be sufficient punishment. He is now a convicted felon. It's likely he'll never work again in Hollywood. And his name is virtually synonymous with victim narcissist. No one is ever going to trust him again or want to be associated with him in any way. To answer the question about the fairness of the sentencing, I will first offer my thoughts about how the law should punish a normal victim narcissist, as opposed to the celebrity version we see here with Jussie. It is not unusual for a victim narcissist to create situations to attract sympathy, like faking some type of small crime. Most victim narcissists do not involve conspirators because they don't want anyone to know the crime against them was fake. They are the only ones who know the truth about their deception. Over time, they can lie to themselves and justify their behavior to an extent where they do not feel guilty about it. Some of the fake crimes staged by a normal victim narcissist are not even at a level where they could be prosecuted. Like the victim narcissist may tell a friend how they received this threatening letter. If the victim narcissist doesn't report that letter to the police, then it probably would not be a crime. Rather, they are simply deceiving their friend. They are just lying about a letter. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. 
That's how a scam begins, convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home, and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. In the rare cases where their behavior is criminal, It is typically not worth prosecuting them, much less convicting them and sending them to jail. This is really a mental health and personality issue and should be dealt with accordingly. If the crime doesn't involve violence to anyone else, jail doesn't really make a lot of sense. The victim narcissist has extreme personality traits, which drive them to seek attention. They form a particularly maladaptive behavior pattern. They do not simply want to be recognized for positive contributions. Rather, they want to be recognized as someone who is suffering massively as a victim from all types of injustice. So they want both the positive and the negative side. As is the case with all extreme personality traits, this is really about a lack of insight. The victim narcissist does not really understand what drives them. They know that staging a situation in which they can be a victim may be a crime, but they're overwhelmed with their own pain. For them, it may really feel like a matter of life or death. That's how powerful the need for attention and sympathy is for the victim narcissist. With this in mind, when a victim narcissist does get in trouble for staging a small-scale hoax, treatment should really be the focus, not punishment. A deferred prosecution agreement, along with mandatory mental health counseling and community service, is probably the best course of action in most situations. Considering the nature of extreme personality characteristics and personality disorders, the treatment should be intense and last for many years, much longer than the probation would normally be for this type of offense. I'm thinking something like five or ten years of counseling, so very long term. As far as the community service, the offender should be placed in a situation where they are helping people who are the victims of narcissists. This way, the offender can start to develop empathy for those people who were victimized by individuals just like them. They won't realize the significance of this situation immediately, but over time they may. At the very least, community service would have them behaving in a pro-social manner. This may become a habit over time. In order for a victim narcissist to recover, society must forgive them. 
This is particularly challenging considering the offensive nature of staging a hoax. It's a crime of manipulation, but it is important for people to ask themselves, why does the victim narcissist manipulate? It is usually not for money or any material gain. It is truly out of suffering. Harsh punishment like jail or prison will backfire on society. It creates humiliation, which only strengthens narcissism. In effect, incarceration will only give the narcissist another reason to claim victim status. It will not be an effective deterrent and will not result in any change. It will only satisfy society's need to punish. So moving back to the case of Jussie Smollett, what is a fair sentence for a celebrity victim narcissist? In my opinion, the only real difference between Jussie's offense and that of a normal victim narcissist is the media paid attention to Jussie. Jussie was simply condemned by a wider audience than a normal victim narcissist. As offensive as Jussie's behavior is to society, compassion and forgiveness would technically lead to the best result. The victim narcissist will do everything to make sure that people will not have compassion on them. Staging a hoax is particularly offensive, but at some level, even for Jussie, this is about a lack of insight. This case is about the tragic development of narcissistic characteristics and exemplifies how these traits push people away. So the narcissist ends up alienating everybody. It's almost reflexive to reject a narcissist, but rejection will not lead to healing and it will not prevent or reduce narcissism in society. Therefore, society needs to decide what it really wants. Do people want Jussie to suffer for his crime and become even more entrenched with his victim narcissist story, or to develop insight and potentially start him on a road to redemption? Jussie desperately wants people to feel sorry for him, and I think they should. Not for being the victim of some imaginary attack, but for being the victim of his own personality characteristics. Jussie will probably never reciprocate any compassion or forgiveness that he receives. He has no way to repay any debt of kindness. He is not asking for compassion, at least not for the reason he really needs it, and he is not asking for forgiveness. He claims he did nothing wrong. He has put himself in a position where it is unlikely society will give him what he really needs. He has pushed people away to a massive extent. I think that one lesson learned in this case is how Dangerous it is to give a narcissist any type of power. A narcissist would make the entire world suffer to rid themselves of their shame. The level of destruction a narcissist is willing to exact on the world is equal to the depth of their shame times the extent of their power. The more power they are given, the more suffering they can cause. There is no level of recognition that can satisfy them. There is no point where they say to themselves, I'm getting kind of greedy here. Rather, they believe they are owed everything. As I mentioned, Jussie's case was only special because the media covered his story. He was looking for as much attention as possible and was able to convert his existing low-level fame into legendary notoriety. His seemingly limitless shame and minor celebrity status became a recipe for disaster. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. A 
allegedly is back for season two, a new crime every time. In each episode of Allegedly, you'll hear a crime told to you by the person who experienced it, intermingled with actor portrayals, original music, immersive soundscapes, to create a cinematic experience for your ear. Season two's stories include a young woman finding salvation in God, only to realize the leader of her church was running a sex cult. A case of a con artist swindling a kindly older man until he couldn't do anything to stop her. A landlord exploiting a mentally disabled man and keeping him a virtual prisoner. An act of bullying spinning a promising young man's life into total chaos. And a luxury boat captain inexplicably detained in a foreign prison with seemingly no hope of ever getting out. New episodes release every other week. Look for Allegedly from Voyage Media anywhere you listen to podcasts.